Blog Talk Radio. It's that time again. Time for some real talk about real issues to enhance your real life. Whatever you think, whatever you know, whatever you feel, Tanya doesn't mind talking about it. Get ready for some talk that is always rated to R. Because talk with Tanya has got to be relevant. Talk with Tanya has got to be refreshing. But most importantly, talk with Tanya has got to be real. Tune in right now for real talk with Tanya.
Hello, hello, and welcome once again to Real Talk with Tanya White. I am your host, Tanya White, and that song was by Sister Sledge. We are family. Our topic is fixing the family, but as you know, one of our musical families we just found out has just died, the king of pop, Michael Jackson. So we're going to try to stick to the topic, um, but he has influenced so many black, white, throughout this globe. So this is a day, a time that people are in shock because he is only 50. There was nothing, to my knowledge, that was wrong with him, but it just goes to show you that we need to fix the family, have love, have honesty, have truth, live the life that we're supposed to because we never know when our time is up or when our loved one's time is up. And we don't, do not ever want to live with regret, regret saying, I should have said this, I should have acted like this. So right now, this moment, this time, uh, this this morning teaches you nothing else is to, you know, be truthful, be honest, tell people that you love them and be honest about it. Uh, live your life to the fullest every single day. Don't live in secret. Don't live in that cycle of negative generational curses. Life is too short. Life is too short. And so we're going to talk about fixing the family today. Our topic is breaking generational curses, exposing secrets, and stopping the lies. And one thing we do know is that the world's problems are a direct reflection of our families being in turmoil, being out of structure, out of whack. What is happening? Marriages are breaking down. Marriages, if they stay together, they're not loving, they're not fulfilling. Uh, children are being raised in single-parent homes. Dads are absent. There's no male influence. There's a lot of things going on in our family, in our world, and it's just not a black issue. It's not a white issue. It is a human issue, and we must fix our family because when our families are healthy, our communities will be healthy, our churches will be healthy, our organizations will be healthy, and we will live in a state of healthiness emotionally, physically, spiritually. So the family is a very important thing. This installment is our last installment of our Summer Loving series. If you missed any uh, of the other three parts, week one we talked about why I love men and the joys of dating with author J.J. Smith. Uh, week two, we had uh, relationship coach Ryel Sims, and we discussed if it isn't love, then why do I feel this way? And he also gave us tips on what to do about it when you're not in a healthy, loving relationship. Last week, our phones were blowing up. Our lines were on fire as we discussed, Lord, I'm ready to be a wife. Lord, I'm ready to be a husband. Jesse Duckworth gave the a male perspective of, of what men uh, do when they know they're ready to be husbands and when they're really ready to be the provider, the protector, the band around the house, husband for the wife that they're searching for. And then Christine Pimbleton came and discussed some very, very relevant issues from her fabulous new book, Lord, I'm Ready to Be a Wife. And um, if you missed any of those shows, check them out, especially last week's show. If you are ready to be a wife, ready to be a husband, last week's show will give you some insight, tips, help you deal with those things that are stifling healthy relationships between you and your companion. Uh, and then you can get Christine's book. We have one more copy, and so... Um, that we are uh, prepared to give away. 
So check out those archives and you can see how you can win that copy. Uh, and tonight we're talking about fixing the family, breaking generational curses. We're going to have Toy Ward on in just a few moments to discuss her fabulous new book, Par for a Curse. And then we're going to have Tracy Lewis on to discuss uh, the, oh, goodness, y'all, my mind is gone. Um, she's going to tell us. But her book is dealing with generational curses, too. Interruption, the Gospel of Crystal Justine. And so we're going to have a fabulous show again. Um, we may go in and out because uh, Michael Jackson has died, and this is stunning me and as the nation uh, as a whole. So uh, we're going to try to discuss fixing the family and give you some great nuggets of wisdom. If your family's in turmoil and all of our families at some point in time are, are dysfunctioning, we have secrets, we have lies, we have generations of negative behaviors that call generational curses that we just, you know, we just go along with to get along. And it takes a strong person to stop the curse, to stop the negative cycles of behavior, uh, whatever your family is dealing with, alcoholism, you know, un, uh, being an uh, unwed mother, uh, not pursuing education, whatever your dysfunction is, and we all have it. It takes a strong person. It only takes a remnant from the family to stop the curse, to heal the family and work diligently on, you know, bringing your family together. So that's what we're going to talk about tonight with our wonderful guest. Um, we would like to welcome our gold sponsor, Dr. Tanisha Ford. She is your tour guide to happiness. And so you can visit her at Dr. T. Ford, drtford.com, and Purchase some of her fantastic books, such as I Miss the Hugs But Not the Hurts. Or if you're looking for a guest for your blog talk show, she is a phenomenal guest. Or if you're looking for a speaker for your next event, book her. Visit her site at drtford.com, Dr. Tanisha Ford. And we love it that she is our Real Talk with Tanya White gold sponsor. Also, while you're surfing the net, visit tanyawhite.com. Tanya is T-A-N-Y-A. White is in the color dot com. Sign up for Tanya's Tips e-newsletter. It's free. If you love the show, you'll love the newsletter. We're always looking for guest uh, uh, submissions and authors. Uh, you can browse my site. You want to book me to be a guest on your show? I love to talk. So check out uh, my site and see if I fit your format. Also, if you need a speaker, a relationship speaker, or for your next event, I'm your girl. You can purchase relationship reruns. We're going to have it uh, for just $10, the low price of $10, on my site, TanyaWhite.com, until June 30th for our Summer Loving Series. Um, and you can also check out a synopsis and some workshops for my new book. Uh, we changed the title. It was going to be called How to Deal with a Difficult Man, but it's called The 99 Males Who Make Your Life a Living Hell. Uh, and so check out the cover, check out the synopsis, and uh, coming September, and we have details about that book. As I said tonight, we're talking about fixing the family. We have Toy Ward and Tracy Lewis on uh, tonight as our guests. We're going to talk about how to heal the disunion at family reunions. Everybody's going to family reunions, but sometimes it's really not a reunion. It's disunion, and we're going to talk about secrets, lies, generation of curses. It's going to be a hot show, and I love the fact that my girl, Toy Ward is on, so we're going to bring her on. Um, she has her own blog talk radio show on Fridays at 1230. You must listen to Toy Talk. It's authenticity with an attitude. 
she is doing big things. She is the woman to watch in 09 and beyond, and I love when she comes on the show because she kicks the real talk. So we'd like to welcome once again to Real Talk with Tony White, Miss Toy Ward. Hello, Toy. How are you? Hey, Ma. How you doing? Girl, I'm stunned right now. Girl, I'm trying to make it through the show. I'm trying to make it through the show. I am just torn up. Um, But you know what? I got to give it to you. You are a professional. Girl, Um, I just want to break down and cry and have just a Michael Jackson night, and we'll do it. But uh, we're going we're gonna to fix the family tonight, Toy, because if oh. this teaches us nothing else. we got to get our families in order so no one, when our loved one's time is up or our time is up, that we'll have everything in order. So we're going to talk well, about Well, you know, that. it's interesting you that all of this has happened and you're talking about the family because, you know, one of the most notoriously dysfunctional families in the public is the Jackson family, mm-hmm. and um, you know, I'm I'm I got reports in front of me now that say you know the Jackson family is sobbing. They're just they're just you know outdone as you can imagine because I know how I feel. So I can't yeah, imagine I know, how, right. how his you know nieces and nephews feel. Um, but it makes you think about the importance of family. They have had their ups and downs over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, even just recently, you know, the siblings actually, you know, filed a suit against him over this concert and all this other stuff. But at the end of the day, he is their brother. Yes, yes. Family is the thing that makes our society move forward. Family is that central unit. One person alone can't do it. You need your family. And sometimes your family may get on your nerves. And sometimes you may not want to deal with your family, so you have to take a time out. But you must find a way to live and deal with your family, to interact with your family in a healthy way. In a healthy way, and that's what we're going. That's our goal tonight for the show. I wrote about it today in Tanya's tips because you're so right. When things like this happen, you don't run to friends, you don't run to your job, you run to family, and it's so uh, it's so much better to run to family, even though you may not always like what one another does. Just having that authentic love for one another. Uh, and being able to bond at times like this without any tension, not, without any roadblocks. It's so very, very important. So we're going to talk about that tonight. We're going to talk about your book. And it's just going to be, uh, we're going to make it through the show and give some great real talk tonight. So, Toy, before we get started, tell us who you are in your own words. Oh, in my own words. Well, before I start that, I have to say, um, you have Tracy Lewis on tonight from Louisville, right? Uh, Tracy's from Louisville? I don't think she's from Louisville. I think Philadelphia. We'll find out. No, she's from Louisville. She's from Louisville. She lives in Philadelphia because I knew her when I went to school. So I think it's funny. I had to say that first because if not, I'll forget. (laughs) Um, So who am I? Gosh, um, I am um, a wife, a mother, a sister, a daughter. I um, run my family. I run my own business, Toy War Communications, which is a multimedia company that puts positive content for women of color out um, on TV, radio, 
or on the web and in print. I am the author of Par for the Curse, a new novel that came out in May. I am a mentor to young girls. I am a rape crisis prevention counselor. Wow. You name it, girl, I'm doing it all. Whatever You're God has woman. me to do, I do it. <laughs> you are every woman, and you do everything so well. Well, thank you. I don't know that I do them all well, but I am doing the best that I can. And that is what that's all that's all God asked for, just to do your best, your very best, and you do things well. Now, Par for the Curse, you say, is your first novel, correct? Yes. And how yes. long did it take you to, uh, from concept to final product? I always loved it. Five years. Wonderful. Five years. And, yeah. and, you know, I say wonderful because a lot of people think it happens overnight, writing a book and getting your thoughts out from concept to finished product. And it, it really is it's not that easy. <laughs> it's not that simple. No, it's not at all. It takes um, a long time. First, the characters haunted me for um, the characters first came to me in, I guess, 1998, 98 or 99, and I drug them around with me until, you know, 2002. Um, So it, it is. It's a process. You know, I've learned a lot since writing. Like I said, this is my first book, and I've learned a lot about the entire process through this and it's very hard first of all it is not you know it's not about oh I think I'll write a book you jot some things down and two months later you know here it is it it takes a lot of work and preparation as you know Um, so it's just been taxing I guess you can say Mm -hmm. but equally rewarding to you know hold your project and this project was so important to me because of so many people that I run into who are broken. You know, everybody's got family drama. I don't care. You know, the Obamas have some, Mm -hmm. the Jacksons have some, the Wards have some, the Whites have some, you know, Mm -hmm. everyone has it. And so this book was really important for me to do and these particular characters because I just know so many people who struggle with, you know, living lives that their parents or grandparents have established for them. Yes. Yes. And, and, And when you try to do that, that's, that's where the brokenness, it doesn't start, but it perpetuates. When you're not living your life authentically, being who you are authentically. And that like that takes a lot of courage, first of all. It takes a lot of dedication and hard work just to be you. Uh, that's yes. what I said. It, it is it's so, I can't, I don't know why people, you know, put the burden on themselves to try to imitate and be somebody else because that's twice, triple as hard just to be you. Um, well, and you miss out on your own blessings. You yeah. know, you know. I say you can't be, I'm the best me that there is. You can't be me and I can't be you. And if I'm trying to be you, then I'm missing out on the good stuff that God has for me. Exactly. And that's where people really miss it. Yeah. And, the, and like I said, that's where when you're not being yourself, you displace all the anger and frustration you have towards you onto other people and that's where all these problems come in. Well, I want to talk about Par for the Curse because it does deal with family issues. And let me read just a little bit uh, about a synopsis about Par for the Curse. You say on your website, toyward.com, uh, generational curses are per- pervasive in our communities. Many people are living their lives according to rules that 
were set in prior generations. Single parenthood, absentee fathers, poverty, drug use, violence, broken relationships, and other curses plague families for generations. The only way to break curses is to first acknowledge them and then proactively develop behaviors that will send your life in a new direction. This story is the journey that Stormy took to put her life on a new trajectory. Does she make it? Well, that's for you to decide, and you need to get par for a curse. I just see this as a Lifetime movie, just reading that uh, toy (laughs) one. So, yeah, you know, everybody wants a movie. Everyone who's read it says, like, they want the movie. So mm-hmm. somebody call me, Tyler Perry, Oprah, Steven yeah. Spielberg, whoever wants to do it, call me. David Calvert. Oh, I'd do it. Yeah, yeah. Anybody, yeah, definitely. Listen, you um, have, you've mentioned so many things in this absentee fathers, poverty, drug use, violence, broken relationships, plague the families. How does How does all these issues in our families in your opinion, affect the world as a whole? Well, you know, I'm going to start with our community, okay, the black community. And that includes all of us, whether we live in the hood, in the streets, in the suburbs, in the White House, all of us as a whole, um, you know, African Americans and people of color in general, plague our families. And as I mentioned earlier, family is the central unit by which the world evolves, and particularly this country. Uh, This country economically is built on family. Mm -hmm. And because we have these things that plague our families, our central units in our communities are broken. Mm -hmm. Therefore, we suffer economically. We suffer socially. And so as a whole – the black community is not going to be able to become like some of the other communities of color who are here in the country until we fix that piece. Mm -hmm. That way we can move forward. That way, you know, the you and the me and the Barack Obama and the Thurgood Marshall don't become the exception, but they become the majority. Yeah. And then some of the things that we see now that are so pervasive through our communities, those are the things that will become the Mm one-offs, the surprise, the isn't that a shame. Yeah. And it used to be, like you said, the the teenage pregnancies, the drug use, that used to be the, oh, I can't believe that happened to our family. Uh, Not that long ago. And so now – what has been, you know, shock value, issues that have been shocking, are come standards, sort of say. And like you said, when somebody does not follow that negative cycle, people are like, oh, you did that or you're doing this without falling prey to certain things. And I, I want to still say that everybody has their own issue, but just because you have issues doesn't mean that you cannot work through it. And I, and I think a lot of people are just settling for less and just going with the okie-dokie. Do you see that in this? Absolutely. You know, that's one of the things about generational curses is that you can be aware of the curse Mm -hmm. and you can have every intention of breaking it. But when you fail or fall, and you will along the way, if your mindset is, oh, well, this is just what my family does. Oh, well, mama got pregnant. I'm going to get pregnant too. Oh, well, you know, daddy wasn't there for me, so I'm not going to be there for my kids. They'll survive. It's that complacency with it 
that mm-hmm. causes the curse to perpetuate. So you may have started out, you know, really wanting to change this and really wanting a different life for yourself. But the minute that you fall, it's so easy to stay down mm-hmm. because you're surrounded by it. It yes. takes a lot of courage mm-hmm. in a family to do things differently than what yes. you have seen. And, and to do and, things differently than your parents. Yeah. And that's our parents, our grandparents always want the children, the generation after them to do better than them. And sometimes we get that messed up. Even though they may not understand, they may shun us, they respect us for doing things differently because they see hope and inspiration if we if we break that curse, if we fulfill our dreams, uh, and eventually they'll come back around. I think a lot of people get caught up in the fact of, you know, oh, uh, my family doesn't understand. So, you know, when, when you're pursuing a dream, sometimes your family doesn't understand and they'll shun you or, uh, they think they'll say you think you're this, you think you're that, and that takes a toll on you. But like you said, you need courage to overcome that and be the best you uh, that you can be. If you just join Real Talk with Tony White, we're talking to Toy Ward, Arthur Par for the Curse. And if you have any questions, comments about generational curses, uh, fixing a family, call three four seven two one five six four four six. Now, Toy, your character is named Stormy. Give us a, mm-hmm. a synopsis of this without without telling us too much. Par for the curse. What is this about? Uh, Par for the curse is about eight women, and they have twenty four husbands among them. Wow. Right, and it's over three generations. So there is a there is a grandmother. There are th- there are her daughters, her three daughters, and each of them has a daughter. Mm-hmm. And so there are twenty four husbands among them. Um, their lives are full, very full, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and they learn in their 30s, this youngest generation, um, Stormy is married to her high school sweetheart, and everything's going well, and she's bright, and she feels like, you know what, she's pretty much broken the curse. Like the fate of the rest of her family is not going to fall on her. Mm-hmm. And she finds herself in a situation where she is indeed faced with this curse. Now, the great-grandmother on her 99th birthday tells the girls of And she tells them that because it cuts the heart line, Mm -hmm. that love will not run its course in their lives. Wow. And that's what they've been taught their whole lives. They've been told since the time that they were children that the men who love, the men who they love will never love them. And the men who love them, they will never love. So they're never going to be on the same side as love. Yeah. Oh, that is so relevant (laughs) today. So relevant. Uh, that explains the 24 husbands between those women. Because sometimes when it's we, not always, yeah, it's not always the man's fault. Sometimes oh. um, in the case of Riley, you know, she has a very loving husband, but she's not thinking about her husband. Because she's been taught this fallacy that love doesn't last. And I'm a firm believer. I wrote How to Deal with a Difficult Woman because of just what you said. It's not the man's fault most of the time. It's because we're broken as women. We believe those fallacies that, you know, you have to be this way. you got to treat a man this way for him to stay. You better treat him like this so he won't stray and he'll be under your control. That that kind of thinking uh, that destroys, destroys, first of all, the man as a man. And if the man is destroyed, then the woman is destroyed and then the family is destroyed. So that type of thinking... Um, 
That's why I wrote How to Deal with a Difficult Woman, because when we know how to deal with ourselves, we can deal with other people. Uh, and that topic, what you just said, is so relevant today. Now, what what do you think uh, about someone, because somebody might be in that situation reading your book. Uh, I know when I read that, that part, I was like, yes, I looked at my family and uh, as a whole, and a lot of uh, single-parent homes or divorces, uh, the the male presence has dwindled down in my family. And I had to take mm-hmm. a hard look at that. And, uh, yes, some uh, of the absence has to deal with death, but some is by divorce. So I had to take a look at uh, the actions from some of the women in my family and see what I inherited and, and de- decide if I'm going to change that. What do you have to go through uh, as a woman if you were rallying in her situation? Have a good man, uh, but you're messing it up. What are some steps that a, a woman can go through to correct that situation so she doesn't lose uh, the the help meet that the Lord has sent her? Um, wow, that's a great question. Uh, there are a, a couple of things I'll say right off the top, and that is first to go deep with it. Figure out what your problem is. Mm. Why don't you want a good man? Um, I was just having this discussion earlier today with someone about a woman who has a great man and a loving husband, but she does not know how to treat him. And the person that I was talking to says, what she needs is somebody to slap her down, and she'd like that. And I was thought for a minute, and I said, you know what? That's something we need to talk about tonight on the radio, because there are women out there who want to be abused, who want to be talked to crazy, who want to be called out of their names, who want to be cheated on and all those other things. If you are one of those women and you have a husband who loves you, but he's not exciting enough for you, because that's usually what they say, right? That's Mm -hmm. what Riley says. He's not exciting enough. It's boring because there is no drama. Mm -hmm. I would ask you first to search inside yourself and figure out what is broken. More than likely, it's that you need Jesus. And, And I say that truthfully, not as a cliche, is that you need to find a spiritual base in yourself and understand that you deserve to be loved. Mm-hmm. Because anyone who continues to allow someone to abuse them, like Lourdes does in the book, it's because she doesn't feel like she deserves to be loved. You may mm-hmm. say it, you may act like it, you may even put your hands on your hips and demand it, mm-hmm. but you really don't believe that you deserve to be loved. Therefore, you won't accept it from anyone. So the first thing is figure out what your problem is. Mm-hmm. The second thing that you need to do. Now, now let's talk, is, let me ask you this, Toy. You say figure sure. out what your problem is. Sometimes we can't figure it out on our own. So what? Are, how do, and we're not going to ask anybody. So what are some ways that, some other ways that we can find out what our problem is or the way that the Lord reveals to us? Oh, that's good. You know what? That's a great question because when you're right, it's very broad for me to say find out what's going on with you. Um, now, first of all, my personal recommendation is that you go to therapy, which is something that we in our communities are, you know, our communities shy away from. That's my recommendation, but a lot of people don't want to do that. A therapy if saved you, my life. I would not be on Real Talk with Tanya White had I not gone to therapy. I'd probably it, be I mean, crazy. there's a reason why these people are educated to do what they do. Um, the second thing is, if you don't want to go into a therapist because you have some kind of stigma, then go to the library or the bookstore. There are tons of books. Check out Tanya White's books. There's oh, so yeah. much that you can learn. 
there are so many books out there. There's so much that you can learn about yourself. I mean, I have read several books along the way. Years ago, um, when I was in my young 20s, I read Gwendolyn Goldsby Grant's The Best Kind of Loving. Mm-hmm. And I realized in reading that some things about myself. Right. So go to read to seek, to find mm-hmm. out. You know, what What makes you tick to find out where did it go wrong? Is it your father? Is it, you know, what is it about you? Do you need to be medicated? Mm-hmm. Because a lot of women don't understand that they are, you know, bipolar mm-hmm. or manic, and that's why they need that constant drama as well. Yeah. You need to find these things out. Um, the other thing, and, and really before you go to therapy or before you go to the library, the first thing you need to do is pray. Like anything, when when you have an issue or a problem, the first thing you have to do is really open up yourself so that you can examine yourself. And the best way to do that is to go before God and, and just say, like, what's, you know, what's wrong with me? I know, you know, this man loves me. Yeah. What's wrong with me? Why can't I do this? And really um, look at yourself in the mirror and determine why it is you're behaving the way you are. I've never met one woman who's gone through this who when they finally say, what am I doing, that they don't realize exactly what it is. Some of them have have taken it back to not having their father in their lives. Some of them grew up in very violent and and, um, volatile households. So yeah. that's all they've seen. So they feel like you're supposed to argue and talk about each other's mama and cuss each other out and, oh, yeah. you know, put hands on each other. That's all they've seen. You really can pinpoint it to something as to why you won't appreciate it. And then, you know, I hate to go super deep with it because I'm watching CNN today, you know, a lot of talk about spirits today, a lot of mm-hmm. talk about spirits. But if you have a spirit of lust, or mm-hmm. sensuality. If you got a problem, you know, or in the real world, it's called, you know, sex addiction or whatever, mm-hmm. you need to address that because maybe you're cheating because you just got a problem. Right. You have a problem with sex. If that's the case, then you need to, one, admit that you have a problem and seek help. Two, tell your husband you have a problem and y'all going to have to figure out how to work it out. But the last thing you want to do is keep it secret because anything mm-hmm. that is kept in the secret is going to torment you. The more you expose something, the more chance you have of healing. Yes, that is so true. The more you expose it, the more healing comes. Because I know a lot of times, especially in the black community, this is the cliche, keep family business, family business. Well, if nobody in the family is addressing the dysfunction, is addressing the generational curses, you have to, if you really want to change, have to find ways to uh, not embarrass the family, but to talk about your issue so you can get help. I know I had to do that when I when I realized, okay, Tanya, you got some you got some major problems uh, in your relationships and your friendships. You need to address. And so when you when you look at yourself in, in the mirror and say, okay, you have problems, and I believe that we have an innate uh, feeling, gut feeling, as to when we have problems and what our problems are, but it's just mm-hmm. confessing them uh, out loud uh, to ourselves and then to one another so we can get help. That is the thing. And pride gets in the way because we always want to put on this mask that everything is okay. And really, it is so much easier to get help, seek help, and get that healing than to perpetuate a lie 
over and over, generation after generation, birth children in lies and secrets, and your children get caught up in the generational curse. You can't raise your children right because you haven't uh, been healed. So it it is a cycle that we need to stop um, so much so. Uh, It's true because, uh, well, what I was going to say is when you take that stance like you did, that there are some issues, some of your family may be receptive to it, and some of them may not. Right. And if your family is not receptive, that's where that courage piece comes in. Mm-hmm. You have to find a way to interact with your family, you know, in a healthy way, but not let them um, drag you into their mess. And, you know, a great example of that is in my, in my family, amongst, like, my cousins when we were growing up, there were several people who had fathers who weren't their father, like their father was somebody different than who they mm-hmm. thought their father was. Mm-hmm. And everybody knew it, but it was a secret. So <clears throat> I don't really understand how everybody knows it if it's a secret. Right. And it's a what happens to the to person me, who really needs to know. Right, but everybody else knows. And I'll tell you what happened to me was really devastating. And what happened to the family is, you know, I had a cousin whose father was somebody different than he had thought it was. And I knew that as a kid growing up. So, you know, here we are, like 30-something. He's, like, in his mid-40s, and we're having a conversation, and he says, well, yeah, I know I have other siblings out there, you know, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, yes, and I know your brother and blah, 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 blah. He looks at me like I am crazy because we were talking about two different things. Wow. And that's how he found out that his father was not his father. Now, you know, my family was hot, right? <laughs> my aunt was Did you get everybody, toy? Everybody, oh, everybody was mad at me. And you know what? You know what, Sonia? And this was well after, you know, I got my healing and deliverance. I was together uh-huh. at this point in my life. Girl, I let them have it. Mm-hmm. First of all, don't be mad at me for <laughs> telling the truth. Right. Okay, how am I supposed to know that this right. man is 44 years old? 40, yeah. And you Still haven't told him who his father is. He's got wow. other siblings. He looks just like his daddy. And all of us know that his daddy isn't his daddy except for him. Mm. So I, now what happened was, was sad after that because a couple of months later, my aunt, his mother, actually died. Wow. And my other aunt, her sister, said to me, you killed my sister. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. Girl, I got books for days. She said to me, you killed my sister. And my response to her with a holy boldness was, what killed your sister was carrying a secret for oh. 60 years. Wow. And you know, and so, that is so true. They they say that that's uh, why some people uh, who have cancer, it's that unforgiving those secrets and stuff that are holding them uh, emotionally. And, you know, everything emotional manifests physically. Uh, it does. Everything does. And that's people don't understand that. Holding on to secrets, holding on to, like you said, unforgiveness or any negative emotion causes physical changes in your body. And after that whole thing, two months later, she died because they were still trying to spin it and turn it around and she's lying and she wow. made that up. And I was like, y'all tripping. So... Um, it was interesting, but that actually happened, and that was an accident. Um, I was very, very sorry that mm-hmm. it happened, but I made no apologies for the truth. I did not feel bad because my intent was not malicious. 
Right. I thought he was talking about something else. Lo and behold, there was another secret in the family that I did not know about right. that he was talking about. So, you know, once I was under the body of the elders, I had to let them know, first of all, y'all need to stop lying. If, yeah. you, if you had not lied to everybody here, then my generation, this would not be happening. Exactly. And it is that constant perpetuation of the lie that destroys families. And my family knows, don't tell any secrets, don't hold any secrets around me mm-hmm. because I'm not going to go out and blatantly tell the secret. Like, I'm not going to run and tell the secret. But if I'm confronted right. or, if, or if I'm in a situation where the secret is there, don't ask me to cover your stuff up. I will not do it. Yes. Well, that comes from, and you said something, and I, I say this all the time, holy boldness. There comes a point in your road of life where you're gonna, you, you have decisions to make. You know the truth. And I'm going to decide if I'm going to live by truth fully or am I going to continue to live a lie just to be a part of my family unit. And you said you have to tell the elders. Sometimes the Lord will use you to break the generational curse, to break those secrets. Because I remember something specifically that I had to stand up and I said, first of all, I had to remember I'm grown now. You can't write certain things as grandmother, as auntie, as mother, you just I just can't, you, you just can't tell me it's, you know, this is grown folks, but I'm grown now. <laughs> you need to, you know, I'm grown and you need to treat me like this. And you need to understand that I have my own opinion. I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but I see sometimes how certain things, how we act in certain ways is hurting the family instead of helping. And I, I remember several conversations. I remember I had to call my mom and say, you know what, that was the old Tanya, but this is the new Tanya. Uh, and and I will I I hope that you respect that and you learn that I'm not Tanya your little baby anymore I'm Tanya grown woman and that we are mother and daughter but I'm still a grown woman I had to have that conversation but you're and so sometimes right. those, that's a necessary you know what that is one of the first steps that you need to take when you're going to take on a generational curse when you're going to mm-hmm. try to stand up and do something differently than your family yeah. the first step you need to take is to sit down and talk to them and say hey look here's what I'm trying to do mm-hmm. and I can remember my brother and I um, I have three brothers the brother that's right beneath me he and I are really close and I remember he and I getting to this huge argument, right? And it was like the first time we had ever really gotten into a a serious argument like as adults. Mm-hmm. And it was because I would not I didn't I took a period of time where I didn't really go around the family. Oh, you, you know, did? I didn't stay away from them. I didn't like actively stay away from them, but I had moved to Boston, which was away, right? And so I did not break my, you know, go out of my way to join with the family. I needed to get myself together. Mm-hmm. And I remember he and I getting in this huge discussion about it. And that's disrespectful. And they love you and they blah, blah, blah. And I just broke it down like, look, mm-hmm. this is the deal. I can see now. I know you can see too. And me being around the family is not only going to upset me, it's going to upset them. Right. And I say that if you want to continue to live in your bubble, if we want to continue to believe that Uncle Joe and Uncle so-and-so is really Uncle so-and-so, but we know he's so-and-so's daddy and such and such, if y'all want to continue to do that, then you don't want me in the mix. Exactly. Because the first time you come up to my child and say, I'm Uncle so-and-so, I'm going to say, actually, no, that's not Uncle so-and-so. That's whoever, because now you're in my stuff. 
Yes. And yes. that's absolutely critical. People have to understand. And, and I finally, you know, I mean, this is like an hour-long, you know, voices-high discussion going back and forth of when I finally said, I am a different person. Yes. And you could see the light bulb come on over top of his head. He had not yet, he's three years younger than me, he had not yet kind of claimed his adulthood, like you're talking about that moment where you got to claim it. Exactly. He had not done it yet. And yes. that actually kicked him to a new level in the family, too, because I'm like, you're doing all this craziness, and, um, and, and you know it's not right. And when you're right. trying to do something else, the thing about us as black people, right, I don't care where you go, mm-hmm. whether you're Barack Obama, whether you're Toy Ward or Tanya White or whoever, mm-hmm. we are still at a place as a black America, as a society, mm-hmm. where um, you still got a cousin as cracked out. You still yeah. got a niece that's pregnant. And we st- we're still at that place in our lives. Our cousins, our aunts, uncles, we still have that. We're not the Kennedys. Mm-hmm. You know, we haven't gotten to that point. And so because of that, you have to think of your children. And the family tries to pull you into it. So no, I'm not peeing for you to go mm-hmm. get on at UPS. You sound crazy. Don't call me with that foolishness ever again. Girl, girl, girl. <laughs> I, I, I understand when you say you got books in you, I got I'm telling you. Uh but it's about that standing up and you don't have to be disrespectful. They will not like you, but eventually they will respect you. Because like Absolutely. you said, I had to stay away, uh, not only for me, uh, but for them so they can see, okay, this girl's trying to do something different. Uh, you know, and when you're trying to go to the never been done before, people are not going to understand that. And so uh, you're, like, chosen for a reason. We do right. everything because it's, it's because of these curses, it's because of these secrets, because of these lies that a lot more families are not producing uh, successes, wholeness, and healthiness because we're trapped in these lies. And, Toy, our time is swiftly coming to an end. I, I know. I love having you on the show. We're going to have to have you back for something. But I want you to wrap up about fixing the family. What do we need to do to fix the family? You you shared your testimony. My, your testimony is so much similar to mine. It's ridiculous. But, and and millions of other people. Yes. Girl. Millions of yes, other people. Yes, yes. Um, so well, what do we need to do you know, to fix the family, break the I'll say first? this. The thing that the family needs to do is the family needs to operate in truth. Yes. Okay, if I if I had if I had one, you know, in the time we have left to give one simple thing, the family needs to operate in truth. Mm-hmm. And if you operate in truth, it's a way to heal the family. I am so pleased with my family, even my extended family at this point, because over the last 10 years, I have seen this family change mm-hmm. from, okay, now if you trifle, somebody's going to call you out, and there's less trifling people because the light shines, and like you yeah. said, it draws more people to light. And the key to that has been truth, and in truth it means don't have secrets. Mm-hmm. But it also means being truthful with one another about how you feel, mm-hmm. about things that you may be harboring or holding. You know, my mother and I are, my mother is my BFF, I tell people. Mm-hmm. When I travel on tour, my mother travels with me everywhere I go. It's like me and my mom. Mm-hmm. And probably 
seven or eight years ago, I had a a, a serious come to Jesus with my mother mm-hmm. that made her cry at my kitchen table, sob, but it needed to be done. Because finally, and it was Thanksgiving, because, you know, Thanksgiving is a hot time, girl, for mm-hmm. family. <laughs> yes. It was Thanksgiving, and I basically couldn't take it no more, and I, boom, laid it down. And in doing that, it cleared up. It, it, first of all, I felt better. Right. And she then, you give the other person an opportunity to say, wow, I'm sorry, I had no idea I had done that. Because when Ooh. you hold it, you don't give the other person an opportunity to respond. Yes. Oh, so yeah, that is so, that's a whole nother topic, Toy. We're gonna have to have you back. You're mad because you think if somebody understands you, but they really don't. Right. <laughs> you have to voice your hurt. Oh, that is so I'm writing that down, Toy World. You got to tell people. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I love it. I love it. I love being on Real Talk Girl. Thank you for having <laughs> me. Keep doing your thing. I can't wait to get the new book. I know it. I'm going to send you one and be on Toy Talk. But give us your information and how we can get par for the curse. You can get par for the curse anywhere that books are sold. You need Barnes & Noble, Amazon, wherever. You can also get it. If you go to my website, there's a link to the publisher's website. My website is www.toyward.com. That's T-O-Y-I. Ward.com. You can also, if you want to know more about Par for the Curse, go to the Par for the Curse blog, which is parforthecurse.toyward.com, and you can hear from the characters and see some interviews and sketches and, and things like that for there. And then always you check me out on Friday afternoon here on Blog Talk Radio. It's Toy Talk Authenticity with Attitude. And tomorrow I actually have DJ Roddy Rod. You know, so we're going to talk about um, real music with real consciousness. Wow. Tune in. I love your show, Toy. You keep doing your thing, and I will follow up with you later tonight. I hope you can stay in check. Thank you. Absolutely. And you you know what? You got to tell Tracy I said, hey, it's a small world. Yeah, it is a small world. Didn't know she was from Louisville, but I I love having people from the Ville on. You take care, Toy. All right. right. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. If you just joined us, we just finished a phenomenal interview with Toy Ward, author of Par for the Curse, and host of uh, Toy Talk. Comes on Fridays at 12.30. We're going to take a brief break, and then we have Tracy uh, Michael Lewis, the author of Interruption, The Gospel According to Crystal Justine. Great book, and we're going to talk to her in just a few moments.
talking about fixing the family that was the ojs i can't play it all y'all because we have our next guest online tracy uh lewis she is the author of interruption the gospel according to crystal justine she is uh on real talk for the very first time but as you know we love having repeated guests so i'm sure she's going to be back on and welcome to real talk with tanya white miss tracy lewis hello tracy how are you I am doing well. Good evening. I'm so excited to be here. Well, we are excited to have you. I just found out that you are from Louisville, Kentucky. Yes, I am. Born and raised in Louisville, Kentucky. Yep. Are you serious? I am a Louisville girl, and I love having Louisville people on. When did you move? Oh, wow. I moved right I went to the University of Kentucky in Lexington. and um, give you. I'm U of L fan. <laughs> but I'm a U of L fan, if that's okay. Um And then I'm, so around uh, 96, uh, 97, I moved to Chicago. That was my first step in a long journey. Um, so it's been a few years since I've lived in Louisville, but um, it's still my hometown. Okay. Well, glad to have another appeal. Author on. Listen, I'm, first of all, I love your covers to all of Thank books, you. But I'm loving the color to, uh, cover to this book. Uh, before we get started with all these questions, I, want, I would like for you to tell us who you are in your own words. Sure, sure. Well, my name is Tracy Michelle Lewis, as you mentioned, and um, uh, I think the best way to describe me is I, I'm a scribe. I'm a scribe for the kingdom of God. I'm a writer. Um, and that is at the heart of everything that I do. Um, I uh, own a business and consulting firm, Lewis Consulting Group, here in Philadelphia, Um, but everything centers around the written word, and that's what I do. So I'm a writer, I'm a consultant, I'm an entrepreneur, 
Um, but most of all, I'm a servant of God, and I just hope that through this gift that God has given me that someone will feel something, identify with something, you know, it will spark discussion like what we're going to have today. Yes. Um, you know, I was listening to you and Toy, and I was just, you know, so excited at the content. So, you know, that's truly who I am, just trying to be uh, what God has called me to be as a writer. And you are recently married, right? Yes, I'm a newlywed. <laughs> How is married life? Married life is wonderful. It's work. You know, I'm no lie. It's work, but it's um it's a beautiful thing and we're coming up on our one year anniversary, August twenty third, so you know we're Congratulations, <laughs> We had a phenomenal show oh, last week about a Lord, I'm ready to be a husband, Lord, I'm ready to be a wife. And See, uh, yes. like you said, it is work, but you sound like you love in marriage on Facebook, you always have that tone in your voice that marriage is just wonderful. But let's get into this book. First of all, I love it on the back of your book, your new book, Interruption, The Gospel According mm-hmm. to Crystal Justine, Nikki Giovanni. Giovanni, mm-hmm. legendary poet. Everybody has heard her name. They may have read her work, but they know that she's a legend. You have a quote from her on your book. And she says, it is always good to see flowers spring up from the density of the forest. Tracy Tracy Lewis is the newest flower on the forest floor. It will be a one it be it will be wonderful to watch her grow. Nikki Giovanni. How did you get her to get a quote? Man, it was such a such a blessing. Um, you know, I had sent her some of my work mm-hmm. and um, you know, I, I I just sent it to her. I mean, in all, in, in my I guess naivete as a young writer, you know, and some of my, you know, poetry and fiction and some of the things that I've written, I sent it to her. Um, I made it really easy for her to get back to me. I put, you know, gave her an endorsement form that she could fill out in her own handwriting and, you know, gave her a self-addressed stamped envelope. I just made it so easy for her. And a week later, I got this letter from um, Virginia Tech where she teaches, and it was the endorsement form with that quote written in her own handwriting. And it's funny because I actually got an opportunity to meet her um, about a year or two later, later, and I, you know, I brought the letter with, and she was just, you know, she's so down to earth and just such a wonderful woman in addition to the wonderful work that, you know, writing that she does that, um, I was just so blessed by it, you know, that she took time out to read some of my work and think that, you know, I was emerging as this flower on the forest floor, as she says. <laughs> and and to send it back, a lot of people read it and they say, oh, this is good, I need to do it, but she took the time to send it back. Right. Y'all, that's right. a lesson in yourself. Don't think what, if you have a dream out there, because that's what I do when I exactly. get guests on the show, I just send them. Most people think that I know I have an inside to most of the people who are on my show. No, mm-hmm. I just send them a request like you did. And, you mm-hmm. know, like you said, out of your naivete, I'm just thinking, okay, yeah, they'll see it, maybe, maybe not. But when I get the responses, yes, like you did, that just just a little check in my, okay, yes, you can call them. Phenomenal. Exactly. <laughs> Phenomenal. And it, it's just, it's just a, a – it's just a, a sign to let you know that if you pursue something and you're consistent with it, that, you know, the blessings will, it may not come in the way that you, because, of course, everyone sent their book to Oprah. Everyone exactly. sent their book to, you know, so and It may not come in the form that you think it is, but it will come in the form that it's supposed to. And yeah. that was just one of the things that, you know, that came for me. Wow. Well, that solidified. I was like, okay, I'm going to read this book. 
Nikki <laughs> gave her a quote. I'm going to read this book. <laughs> Tell us what the uh, interruption, the gospel according to Crystal Justine. What is that about? Well, you know, some of the things that you got, you and Toy were talking about earlier were, you know, really kind of hit on the subject matter of this book. Um, for those who don't know, Interruption, the Gospel According to Crystal Justine is a second, the second book in a trilogy. The first book in the series um, was The Gospel According to Sasha Renee, and that was really a story about redemption. Um, Sasha was this fly girl from the south side of Chicago, and she was trying to live her life on a borrowed faith, the faith of her mother, her friends, and as a result, you know, she struggled a lot with fear and insecurity and made bad choices, you know, and as we know, choices have consequences, um, right, even in the midst of God redeeming us, we still have to pay the consequences a lot of times for our, our choices. In the new book, Crystal Justine is CJ, we call her CJ, is Sasha's daughter. Um, it's 25 years later. Her story is not so much about redemption, but it's more about, um, it's more about deliverance. She knows the voice of God, but she can't figure out why she's making some of the same mistakes that her mother did, her grandmother did, her great-grandmother did, you know, and particularly as it relates to relationships. And so what's revealed in this book is that there is, um, there has been an attack on this family for generations. And, you know, without giving anything away, you know, CJ has to discover this, become transparent about it, and then figure out if she will be the one that will be the interruption in her bloodline. Will she be the one that will stop, you know, this flow of, of insecurity and low self-esteem and fear mm. that has sort of kind of perpetuated in her family? Girl, you're going to make me shout. That sounds like a whole sermon right there. Will you be the one to stop it? Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Tracy, um, the interruption. First of all, I, I'm going to need to read Sasha Renee because Renee is my middle name. So okay. I, need le- <laughs> I need to learn something from that. Um, mm-hmm. And then CJ, is, ironically, is my brother's name. So wow. I'm going to read both wow. of them on my summer <laughs> off. But uh, let's start with that. Will you be the one? You said she, she had to decide. And we talked mm-hmm. about, uh, first of all, Toy Wars said she read Sasha Renee, and it was so good. And wow, so, wow. <laughs> That's Toy such a blessing Shout out to that. Um, what 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 does it take for someone to finally not only make that decision that I'm gonna stop all the foolishness? That's what mm-hmm. in my book Relationship Reruns that I wrote mm-hmm. about the, having that cycle of negative right. relationships. Um, what does it take for someone to say, you know what? I know what it is. Now I'm I'm gonna be the one to stop it. In my bloodline, like you said, it's a line in your blood that flows. Uh, what does it take, in your opinion, for someone to say, okay, no more, the buck stops here? Well, you know, it's funny that you asked me that because I, I was thinking about that today. And the reality is it takes a person realizes, realizing that they can't stop it. Mm. And what I mean by that is that in this book, I approach generational curses from a spiritual perspective, meaning that in the, in the uh, beginning of the book, you are introduced to Natos, 
who is the head demon of a legion of demons that have been assigned to this family for about three or four generations. And their sole purpose, their sole assignment was to thwart the destiny that was promised to them three or four years, generations back. And they've been able to do some things generation over generation, and now they've come to CJ, and it seems as though she has this hedge of protection of prayer around her, and they can't penetrate that. And so what I will, I will answer your question by saying this, that you have to understand that it is that many times, you know, you cannot fix it by yourself. Mm-hmm. You, you know, if it's a spiritual issue, then you can't solve it in the natural. You need to pray. You need to have a support system of people that are going to pray with you and for you. So I think that's the first thing because sometimes we stay in these perpetual cycles, particularly in relationships, and we keep trying fix them, and we're fixing them with different things. It could be, you know, well, I'm not going to talk to anybody for two years, or I'm not going to do this, or I'm not going to do that, or I'm going to, you know, drink. I'm gonna, they, we find all these different ways of trying to fix it ourselves. And really the, the, the first step is taking it to God. The first step is deliverance mm. at the spiritual level. And okay, then we right there, Tracy, because you said okay. the D word. And, uh, you know, as Christians, we run away from that D word, deliverance. Of course. We'll shout. Absolutely. We'll get laid hands on. But when mm-hmm. it comes to true deliverance, uh-uh, I don't want that. Well, explain deliverance, first of all. Explain deliverance. This is how I explain it. This is my thing. When you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, you go through that process. So many people accept Christ as their Savior, mm-hmm. meaning that they believe that he died on the cross, was raised the dead, and all the things that, you know, you're taught in church. What they do not do is they do not accept him as Lord. Mm-hmm. They don't give him lordship over our, your, the rest of, our, rest of ourselves. We are individuals that are made up of a body. We have a soul, which houses our mind, will, and emotions, and we have a spirit. Well, of course, spiritually, we've said that, you know, we've, the Holy Spirit comes in us, we've accepted Christ, but we don't give him lordship over our mind, our will, our emotions, and even our bodies. You know, we say that's ours. You know, we, gonna, we, gonna, we can handle that. You just, you know, we're going to give God the spirit, but we're going to keep all of this. And so what happens is, is that we can't, we're not truly free. We're bound. And, and where, we have, where deliverance comes in is when we begin to surrender, you know, our mind, our will, our emotions, you know, which is a key point, especially for women, I think. You yeah. know, when we relinquish that to God, that's, where deliver, that's when deliverance takes place. You know, where the things that used to move us doesn't move us anymore. The things that used to uh, press our buttons don't press our buttons anymore because we've deli- we've been delivered, meaning that we've delivered. I like to think of it as like we've delivered those things to God. We've said, here, mm-hmm. you take them. Okay, yeah. now what I, I don't want people to get confused is that, okay, well, I have no accountability. There's nothing I have to do. I just pray about it. No, 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 no. Girl, you are <laughs> preaching. You have accountability. There are consequences. And what I explore in the book is while, CJ, there is a spiritual component, I didn't try to get too heavy-handed with the demons and all of that because it's not science fiction. It's not, you know, Christian um, fiction in the sense that spiritual fiction. I didn't want to go too heavy-handed with that. Mm -hmm. But there there's a combination of the spiritual component where you see what's happening in the spiritual realm and the natural, but also it's, there's some consequences for choices that are made. Mm-hmm. And so when you get delivered, now you have to consciously renew your mind every day. Every and, day. 
make sure your behavior aligns with what you what has been delivered. Because that's how you truly, I mean, deliverance is a process. It's not, you know, a lot of people go to church on Sunday and they fall out and they pan, I'm delivered, boom, and then Monday they're doing the same thing and they don't know why. They don't, they don't know why because their behavior hasn't aligned with what has occurred. You know what I'm saying? So I, I, well, think I know that, what you're saying. You preach it. And I'm trying <laughs> to hold my peace so I can finish this show. Don't hold your peace now. Don't hold on me. Come on now. We're going to talk. <laughs> Girl, you are preaching. <laughs> In oh listen, let me. If you have any questions, comments, we're talking to Tracy Lewis, <laughs> author of Interruption: The Gospel According to Crystal Justine. Call three four seven two one five six four four six. Woo, girl, I had to calm calm myself down. <laughs> Keep rolling, girl. Keep rolling. Well, no, I just think that, you know, it's a combination of things. I think once you, you know, you ask how do you fix it, well, the first step is realizing that you can't fix it by yourself, that there is a spiritual component, that there is some things that you really have to surrender to God and really give it up to him so he can begin to work, so he can dispatch angels on your behalf they have, you know, so when you're in situations or circumstances, you know, you have something working in the spiritual realm for you, but... In addition to that, there's an expectation that, okay, you know, these angels, you know, are being dispatched on your behalf, but you have a responsibility for your will, for your emotions, for, for that soulish part of yourself that, you know, your behaviors are going to align with what's occurred, with that deliverance that's happened. And I think that's the disconnect sometimes where, you know, we've come a long way, but we are not as far as we want to come when it comes to certain things, whether it's relationships, et cetera. And I think that's where the gap lies, mm-hmm. you know. And it's a t- it takes time. I mean, this is a process, mm-hmm. you know. It, you don't start, you don't come out the gate, you know, fully transparent and fully renewed. You, you know, it is a process. And even in the book, CJ goes through the process, and you watch her in her relationships. You watch her re- uh, reach the point of desperation, and you mm-hmm. watch her get free. You know, and, I, and, I, and I, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, you just gave the story away. Well, not really. Not really. No, no, no. <laughs> you know, the thing is, is that this is, although it's a trilogy, this second book is actually the final, the final book in the story. Mm-hmm. The third book in the trilogy actually takes you back to Sasha's mother and CJ's grandmother, and you get the starting point where it all began. Wow. You know, and so it becomes full circle. But CJ's story is actually the final story in the trilogy, even though it's the second book. Yeah. Uh, and you, you said another um, deliverance, and you just said another D word. Girl, I should have wrote that down. You are phenomenal, first of all. I'm listening, oh, and, uh, and I'm trying to, like I'm saying, Oh, it will come back to me, Tracy. <laughs> what was the D word you just said? I want to talk about the D word. The B as in boy. D as in dog. D as in um um. Girl, I'll just be talking. I don't I know. <laughs> in the spirit. Deliverance. Okay. Um. Okay. You say CJ. She uh. She has these uh. Explores the strongholds in her family, right? And it's a daily thing. Deliverance is a daily process. As mm-hmm. if you didn't know, it is daily. In your mind, Romans twelve, uh, one and mm-hmm. two. So when somebody um, who is strong in the faith and and they're dealing with these, uh, it's, like you said, it's, it's demonic strongholds. First mm-hmm. of all, you have to seek prayer. You have to seek that support system. Mm. 
you have to seek that support system. Where mm-hmm. does it come uh, when somebody knows that they have been delivered from the stronghold? How do you know when you've been delivered from a, a stronghold? Well, you know what, I'm going to... I'm going to address the first thing that you said, and then I'm going to talk about how do you know. Because it's interesting that you said a support system. Mm -hmm. Because in the story, you know, it's interesting. You you meet Natas, and he's this lieutenant demon and this legion of demons, and he decides to take a different approach to attacking CJ. Whereas, you know, he said his his comrades, they, you know, they take, you know, money away, and they take, you know, jobs away, and that works for a season – um, the reality is is that what he decides to do, his strategy is to tear down her support system. Oh and I won't tell you how God. So I just want this phone in the name of Jesus. <laughs> but no, I but really what, need to read this book because you are just talking about, like, not only my life, but so many people's lives. When you talk about the hedge of protection, CJ must right. be strong in the Lord, strong in the word, and know, uh, uh, strong in her faith. Uh, I'm, I'm going to have to. Well, see, well, the thing is, is that CJ, CJ knows the voice of God. She remembers yeah. as a child hearing the voice of God. Circumstances, um, issues have come up in her life. Not, you know, Again, I don't want to give too much away, but things come up, situations that, that tries to pervert what she knows about God. You know, and so for a while there, she kind of she's kind of walking that she's trying to straddle the fence, if you will. Um, but what keeps her is the protection of her father, Langston, who we meet in the gospel according to Sasha Renee, with Sasha's husband. Um, her, you know, her family, her grandmother, all of these people, her godmother, all of these people are strong in the faith, and they've kept this hedge of protection. So what the enemy says, okay, I can't get to you this way, you know, because it's, it's too, you know, the hedge is too strong. Let me try to attack the people around you because then I can get to you. I'll leave you open. And once CJ is left open, that's when the reader will find out whether or not she can handle the direct attack, you know, versus, you know, you know, being protected with this prayer and, you know, she has a love interest and his role and all of that. So I would say that having a support system is critical, but your support system will need to know that because they're supporting one someone who has a strong call on their life, that they too will be attacked. Girl, because oh you know you you're protecting. It's, that's like a parent, you know, who has a child that's truly gifted and knows that the Lord is calling that child to do a certain thing. Mm-hmm. You know, you can expect that the enemy will come and attack you because you are the covering for that child. And that, you know, and if it can get to you, then he can get to that child. And you leave that, you know, leave a door open where he can pervert the faith or pervert the child's, you know, thinking about themselves and really change the makeup of that child, regardless of whether or not that child has accepted Christ or not. So, mm-hmm. you know, that the support system is a key point. But I think how to answer your question, how you know that you're delivering, is that what I said before, things don't move you in the same way. You're not... You're not um, you're not tempted by the same things. It doesn't mean you won't be tempted by other things because we go from faith to faith and glory to glory. So there are going to be other trials and other tests that you're going. But the, the things from your past, you're not 
you're, it doesn't move you as much. You're, you're delivered from that. But then again, you know, new level, new devil. So you go to yeah. the next level, and so now there's something else that you have to, and that's where the pro, where it becomes a process, where it's a growth. It's a process. And that's why when you say uh, he would try other avenues, an innocent child, that's why many of uh, sexual abuse is happening when, mm-hmm. when, when you are children, uh, right. to, to, you know, pollute the mind of the child and to stifle and paralyze them from being the abundance uh, and living that life that God has already called them to live. Yes, you have to know. You have to be strong. That's why I say fix the family. You have to fix the family and know all these things in the place. Mm-hmm. Somebody, when one person in your family has been called to do a great work, you too have been called to do a great work, whether it's mm-hmm. praying for them, whether it's in a mm-hmm. for them, whether it's supporting them side by side, uh, financially, whatever, uh, and like you say, will be attacked. Um, wow. And you don't want to, you don't want to protect the sin, and that's the thing. It's funny Ooh. that you mentioned sexual abuse because that comes up in the story as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that you know, it's, it's it's one of those tools that you know the enemy has used um, in many you know families in general, but particularly in the African American community. That is that is something that's a secret, you know, and nobody wants to talk about it. And or you know, we don't we don't we don't. Did, you know, like you guys were saying, we don't air our dirty laundry. You don't talk about those things. But if you don't talk about it, then not only are you not getting free, someone whose blessing and, and freedom is attached to you won't get free. You know what I'm saying? And there's a lot. I mean, we kind of selfish sometimes in our deliverance or our desire for deliverance because we don't realize that in addition to us getting free of something, there are other people that are, you know, whose freedom, who are literally in chains because they're waiting for, for you to get delivered, for you to tell them, you know, what God has for you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's it's really um, you know, the issue of sexual abuse, the issue of of divorce and, you know, all of these yes. issues that are that, you know, you see whole generations of family, like whole generations of women where great grandmom, grandmom, you know, mom, you know, daughter, granddaughter, all have dealt with issues of sexual abuse or all have, you know, divorce or all have had kids, whatever, you know, and you wonder like, wow, you know, when does it stop? Well, that's old hat to the enemy. That's old hat to the enemy because he's not omniscient. He's not omnipotent. He's not all-knowing. He's not all-powerful. He's not everywhere at all one time. So what he does is he put institutions in place. Mm-hmm. So he never has to come back to that situation because if he can put, you know, can start a strain of fear or start a strain of abuse or start a strain of abuse, and what, it can perpetuate itself through people's actions, and that's where our actions come to play, yes. you know, because we perpetuate the sin, and, and Satan ain't never been back to that situation. He's not he, – he's not – well, who God is. God is omniscient. God is all-powerful everywhere at the same time, all-knowing. All, you know, that's who he is. That's not who Satan is. Exactly. But Satan knows how to use institutions and systems, systems of fear, systems of abuse, place them in a situation and watch us in our flesh perpetuate it over and over and over again, generation over generation. And, and we talk about sexual abuse, judge, but I uh, firmly believe another stronghold in many families is mediocrity. You know, oh. I'm just going to do, you know, this much. You know, I've made it. I've got my associates. I've got my bachelor's. Well, why not go for a master's? Why not go for a doctor? You know, my kid graduated high school. Well, they need to pursue more. So mediocrity is yeah. the biggest stronghold 
Now you're going to make me throw my phone. Look, so I've made up in my mind. I have a niece and a nephew, and I'm mm-hmm. determined. I'm I'm going to be that, that buck stops here. My niece is two years old, and I teach her. We read. I, I use words. I tell her she's brilliant. She repeats it. I, I'm beautiful. I'm smart. We read because I know that mediocrity is in my family. You know, I'm just going to get this good job. I'm just going to mm-hmm. get this one degree. Well, no, you can reach any dream that you want to reach, but it's going to take you knowing and recognizing, okay, what, what uh, like you said, those institutions in my family. I have to, you know, pray about them and say, Lord, I need to break that because right. uh, I'm, I'm like, I'm, it's just so many things I know I want to do that I may not never achieve, but I am determined that that my niece and nephew, I'm going to do anything possible, and the children that the Lord blessed me with, I'm going to do that to make them further whatever I reach. I want them to do quadruple of what I have accomplished because that's what family is about, making the uh, future generations better than the previous. And so we don't do that because we deal, we're broken ourselves or we, we are intimidated by people's success ourselves, so we don't encourage people in our family to reach higher heights, to go further than they're supposed to. Mediocrity is a big thing. Ooh, well, you know what? Can I, can I say this? Because yeah. you are hitting on something that I was pondering today. It was actually one of my Facebook statuses today, and I was actually pondering in my writing today, was um, even with myself, I think, it's not even so much mediocrity in the sense that, you know, just, Hello. Yeah. Yeah. Um. You know, I. It's not even so much uh, mediocrity in the sense that we are settling for less, but some of us overachievers out there. Mm-hmm. But what tends to happen is we become masters of our mediocrity, mm-hmm. and what I mean by that is that we can do something that's less than our best, and everybody else perceive it as phenomenal. Oh my God. Because everybody else perceives it as phenomenal. Yes. We don't have to do our absolute excellent. Or, you know, um, the scripture that was given to me by a friend of mine today was that, you know, do all things unto the Lord. You know, we we don't have to work as hard because people already think that our mediocrity is is excellent. Mm-hmm. And so that is a real trip up. Because, see, the enemy is subtle. You know, yes, you know, the obvious mediocrity is, okay, you know, you, you, you got your associates, you don't, you don't want to get your bachelor's, that's just too hard. That's obvious mediocrity. But what about that person who has a master's degree, has a great job, great family, and appears by all accounts to be being excellent and phenomenal, but yet it's still not the best that God has called them to. But because everybody else perceives it as that, if they they say, I mean, I've been, I am guilty of that for a long period in my life. I have, you know, laid back on because everybody said, "Oh, girl, you said, oh, you did great," and I really knew that I could do better. Like I kept thinking to myself today, "Wow, how much more could God bless me? How much more yes. would God do for me if I was actually operating in full excellence?" Woo, girl, we're gonna definitely have you back. Because that's one of the reasons I had my aha moment about five years ago. Um, mm-hmm. when the Lord said, "No, I have more for you to do." Because I thought, right. "Okay, this is this is it." I was I caught now look back on it. I I was like the church personality. I was doing everything mm-hmm. in church. I was you know people seeing me doing things and reaching heights. And they were blessings at that season. But when God said, "I need you to move forward," I need you to I need you to expand. What I told you to do, 
that's when I was like, why? <laughs> why? Right. <laughs> right. You know what that is going to cost me? I'm not going to be able to do this. I'm not going to be able to spend time with my family and friends. But because, like you said, that was not that was my best for that season. But when the Lord said, "Okay, this is what this is really where I want to take you," then I had to make that choice. And I know, like I said, I know mediocrity is a big stronghold in my family, and so I had right. to press forward. And, uh, and I had a comment; it was so fulfilling. People said, I, "You just keep you just keep doing and reaching higher heights." Just when I thought you've reached the top. You do something else. I'm like, okay, mm. I'm on I'm on the path because I cannot get settled. Because you can be settled in your success and think that's it. That's all I'm going to do. But, uh, I had to stretch. Tracy, you have been terrific. We are quickly running out of time. I want you to leave. How can we fix the family? Uh, and one lucky winner will have the opportunity uh, to win the interruption. The Gospel According to Crystal Justine, and you sent us some of your book of poetry. So we're going to mm-hmm. paste, uh, post a trivia question on TanyaWhite.com at 10 o'clock tonight, and you will have uh, you have to answer that question to win one of these fabulous books. Like I said, I'm going to go read this because this you've, you've written my life. <laughs> <laughs> written my life. One thing, how can we fix the family, uh, break the stronghold, stop the lies, stop the secrets, What's some nuggets of wisdom you can leave our audience with? Well, well, I think the, the biggest thing that I had to learn, and I can only speak from my experience, is that God loves you. Mm-hmm. He loves you. He, you know, if anybody's listening, you know, I just real feel, feel led to say this. He loves you. You know, even in your ugly, nasty mess, he loves you. And when you understand that and you trust him, and give him the stuff that you can't figure out, the stuff that you keep doing over and over and over again, the stuff that seems to be stronghold, when you give it to him first and then align your behavior, your actions with, with, with the trust that you've placed in him, then you will see a change. And that change will, may not come overnight, but it will come. And and you'll look back, and, you, and that's when you'll say, wow, look how far God has brought me. God has brought me. I didn't fix this. And I think sometimes we stay in our stuff because God really wants us to understand that, you know, you hear him all throughout the Old Testament saying, and they will know that I am Lord. I'll do this for them, and they will know that I am Lord. And he, in other words, he wants you to be clear that sometimes you're in your stuff because he wants your your full dependence on him. And so he will break those strongholds, he will break those generational curses, and he will form generational blessings. You know, we could talk about the other side and allow your generations that come after you to be blessed instead of cursed or blessed instead of having those strongholds. So I think that's really the way, you know, that you can start off trying to fix the family. Wow. Tracy, how can somebody contact you if they want this book? If they and you, I I don't know if there's a if you, are you a minister? No, no you <laughs> not at all. A of the kingdom, you know, oh, no. and a scribe. You know, I you know if I could just say this last thing, there's a difference between a writer and a scribe. You know, in the kingdom, a scribe has to hear the voice of the king and translate what the king says to the people. You know, if you even look historically, that's what a scribe does. And so, when you are a scribe, you have a greater responsibility than if you just choose writing as a career choice and you're talented wow. in it. You know, when you're called to this as a scribe, then you know you have to know the heart of the king. And I'm growing; I'm not all the way there. 
But people can reach me and they can talk to me about it. They can reach me um, at uh, Tracy M, as in Michelle, TracyMLewis.com. That's my blog. I have lots of, you know, you can look at my old writing. I have a book trailer so you can learn a little bit more about uh, CJ. You can order copies of the book on my, online. You can also go to your local bookstores and order it as well. Um, you can, if you want to email me, you can email me at my publishing site, which is new seasons, new season books at gmail.com. Um, and I would love to hear from everybody because, you know, I'll respond to everyone. <laughs> well, you have been phenomenal. We're going to follow up with you. Like I said, we're going to post a trivia question from this show mm-hmm. uh, at 10 o'clock on TanyaWhite.com, and somebody will win Interruption, the Gospel According to Crystal Justine, or one of your wonderful books of poetry that you sent. You have been terrific, Tracy. We are definitely, definitely going to have you back soon for another show. And love we to will come back. follow up with you uh, later. And you have a phenomenal night. Thank you. God bless you. Bye-bye. God bless you. If you just uh, tuned in to Real Talk with Tanya White, we have been talking about fixing the family, breaking generational curses, stopping the secrets, stopping the lies. Two phenomenal authors on Toy Ward, uh, author of Par for the Curse, and Tracy Lewis, author of Interruption, the Gospel According to Crystal Justine. Get both of these women's books. If you're on the Real Talk with Tanya White uh, site, you'll see the, their book scrolling. Uh, click it, order it. Uh, like I said, uh, lucky winner. We will post a trivia question on TanyaWhite.com. Tanya is T-A-N-Y-A. White is in the color. And we will keep it posted until everybody has won one of Tracy's books. If you've learned nothing tonight, you must realize that in order to fix our world, you must start with fixing the family. How do you fix your family? You must start by fixing yourself. How do you fix yourself? you got to connect with God. God will help you become the person that he wants you to be by healing your hurts, giving you the courage to move forward, and giving you, as Toy Ward said, and I say this all the time, the holy boat truth to live truth and to be the shining example in the family that the Lord wants you to be. Who has been a phenomenal show. Uh, continue to pray not only for the Jackson family as we lost Michael Jackson, the king of pop. Generations have been influenced by Michael Jackson and his family, uh, but also Farrah Foster's family. She died today. Egg McMahon's family, she, he died earlier this week. Uh, every day, if you're going to a family reunion that is marked by disunion, try to change your attitude, change your thinking, so that your family disunion can really and truly become a family reunion. Tune in Monday as we finish our Mega Music Monday with Dr. Celicia Thompson and Kenny Lattimore. We're going to take, uh, and then June 30th, we're going to have a six-month celebration. We've been on the air six months, so we're going to have a six-month celebration. Of course, we're going to do a Michael Jackson tribute since uh, he has gone to be with the Lord. Uh, and then we're going to have a special guest on. I love you all. Uh, remember, get relationship reruns for only $10. Help us out. It will help you to stop those negative cycles, stop the re, uh, the generational curses uh, with some strategies, some tips, and some insight as to why you do the things you do. We're going to close out with every day should be a family reunion from Tyler Perry's movie Family Reunion. Talk to you later. Love you, and God bless. There are times we might not see.